You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method. I'm all about goal setting simplified and figuring out what you want and making plans to turn into reality. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every Monday, I bring in three friends to dive deep into the topic of the week. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening to us, we are glad you're here choosing yourself and today choosing mindset goals. And I have a wonderful panel today. We've got Dr. Alexander Christ, who comes to us from our friend, Julie Migliacci, who was actually on last week. So uh, hi, Alexander. Thank you, Julie. Also, Jess Duell, who I now I need to shout out to Pamela Barraway because we met through the magic of LinkedIn a couple years ago. And it seems really strange that I've only known you a couple years because we like, we like hang out. We're like friend people. Yeah. And I have another friend people here as well, Rachel Wolf, who's another mango author and all around awesome person. And I love, we're talking about mindsets. So it's February and it's, you know, mind, body, spirit, or rather in terms of my goals at live land, we're talking mindset this week and the next week is a heart centered and then taking care of your body. So we're all about February being good to ourselves. And I think it starts with mindset. So I'm really thrilled to have you all here today. And I'm going to give you an opportunity now to introduce yourselves. So Alexander, let's start with you. Uh, please just share who you are, why you're here, and why mindset as a topic really speaks to you. All right. Thank you, Deborah. Uh, my name is Dr. Alexander Chris. I am the co-founder of Impact Human Performance. And what we do is partner with organizations to help people show up as their best more often. Uh, I think that really segues into why I'm here. I think it's a very good fit in terms of what you're doing. Deborah and what we're doing. And my background's a little scattered. It's, I never knew what I wanted to do, but I, my master's in exercise physiology, went that route, thought I wanted to work with athletes and started to realize as I was doing the physical side of things, there was such a strong connection between the mind and the body. And that's when I went back to school and got my doctorate in educational psychology focused in resilience, perseverance, and motivation. And at the end of the day, it's just really it boils down to mindset. The stories we tell ourselves really drive almost everything we we do in our lives. So I think when the when Julie introduced us and had the opportunity to talk about mindset, I was all in. So I'm very excited for this opportunity. I'm based in Denver, so I guess that's all for me. Excellent. And really glad you're here. And I met Julie at the right time. So I met you at the right time and here we are. So awesome. Jess. Great to see you. Welcome, welcome. Thanks so much. I always enjoy coming and having conversations. Not only am I really excited about being here with you, Deb, I am really grateful for the opportunity to spend time with Dr. Alexander and Rachel today. So mindset's really interesting. And I don't remember what we were talking about when you said, yes, you're, this is the show you're going to be on next. What I remember as I was preparing, though, was it's interesting how we think that mindset has to last all the time and that we could have different mindsets for different times. And that's kind of the perspective that maybe I will bring today, unless something else fun and exciting shows up and we swirl <laughs> that direction and go from there. So at, at Red Direction, we're working with leadership teams to solve big big, big growth problems and doing it in a way that really is timely 
with the resources that are available at hand. And mindset plays a big role in having the confidence with which to be there, be all in with whatever all in actually means in those moments. Amazing. And I keep thinking about the, that famous quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yes, you're right. And that really boils down to it in this conversation. Um, Rachel, Hi. Love seeing you. Thank you for joining. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And I am as well very grateful to be here in the presence of all of you and get to have this conversation because it's my favorite subject. <laughs> I uh, I wrote the book Letters from a Better Me. So all about shifting the mindset from what was once my prison to my power. So it's a big, huge part of what I do and what I write about. I write the From a Loving Place blog and have a podcast from a loving place with author Rachel Wolf, Wolf, where I actually run a series called Seeds of Wisdom, where I get to interview people like Deb, who was just on last week. And we get to dig deep into subject matter that helps other people grow. So. And it was, well, when I set up these shows, I start with, you know, the theme of the month and the topics. And then you reached out and said, can I interview you? And I said, great. Want to come back on Gold Chat Live? So I love how the universe brings us the right people at the right time. And the same thing with Dr. Alexander. We had, I had just met Julie a few weeks ago through another person. Last week was on networking and, you know, tying all the connections together. But I love the way the universal mind works where people are brought to you for a purpose. And I think that kind of ties in to mindset as well. And you need to be open and you need to be um, clear and dot, dot, dot. So before we jump in, if you're watching live, it's really great to see if you're watching the replay, please comment and, and tell us how you feel about mindset, where you are. We do have... Alan Hennessy, who's watching live in Ireland. So thank you for staying up late because it's 12 a.m. over there. And I hope tomorrow is doing really well for you. <laughs> because we can live in today's mind, tomorrow's mind, or the mindset of everything. And what is mindset? Let's start with that softball because I think we have to start there. Uh, Alexander, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, it can be defined in a number of different ways. I think we really try to simplify it. And I think I promise I only have one pun this during this series, but it's really the idea that mindset is not set. Uh, and it really is. It's a collection of the stories we tell ourselves. And the more we tell ourselves stories, regardless of what it may be, they start to become our identity. They become a belief and then an identity. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions, even with all the research and I think, you know, all of us would probably agree that it can be changed, but so many people just believe that it's fixed and this is the way it is. So it's always going to be that way. And we hear the stories all the time. I'm too old to change. This is the way it's always been. I was raised a certain way. This is just the way it is. And we just need to be intentional in how we start paying attention to the stories we tell ourselves because they really do form into, like I said, those beliefs, which become an identity. And once it's our identity, it makes it a lot more challenging to change. Absolutely. And one of my, one of my big things, you know, with the Deb method, it's all about foundational. You can't get what you want unless you know what that is. But the purpose is to help people embrace change by choice or by circumstance. And I really think the mind chips, the mind set shift really comes to play there as well. You, the way in which you approach change or decide that you want something different than what's always been there. And Rachel, I know you have things to say, probably a little bit similar to Alexander on what is mindset. So oh. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, because it really is about perspectives that turn into beliefs. It's it's what we're thinking that turns into the belief. And it can be our perspectives can be our power or a prison. So we are our problem or our solution. You know, that's a, it's all mindset. 
And it's a, and like he was saying, mindset can change. It's not anything that is permanent and fixed. We just have to change the stories we're telling yourself and understand that we empower ourselves or disempower ourselves. And that's what being able to work with your mindset is about is understanding the difference that it's our choice. Nobody can make us act a certain way. Nobody can make us believe a certain way. Nobody can make us feel a certain way. We have to take our power back in order to put our mindset in the right direction to go actually and um, align our energy because we can lie to ourselves with our words all the time. That's about that you know, sometimes with the positive thinking, that's just words that we're trying to tell ourselves where the mindset is connecting the energy with the words to go in either direction. I, I, I love everything you just said. The, the thing that really stuck out for me is we empower ourselves or we disempower ourselves. And that's, you know, underline exclamation point. Jess, what do you think? All I can think of at this moment that may be additive to this is this concept of stoicism, where when we know who we are and we know what we can and we can't control, then we have the choice with which to show up and recognize that everything is already in us and it's up to us to use it. That's how I would add to the amazing start that Alexander and Rachel gave. Okay. That's amazing. So what, what do you think the problem, what is the problem people have? Because mindset, it is a big thing. I mean, it's huge. It really decides on your life, but why is it that some people just get stuck there? Jess? So, okay, here's what comes to mind. I'm going to, I'm going to be a resource puller today in the realm. I, in, I received chiropractic care from a particular kind of chiropractic lineage called network, the network chiropractic care, NSA or NS. I don't remember what the current initials are. The doctors that practice this are learning how to use energy. And they talk about, in my experience directly is they take places of in my body that's peaceful and remind the places in my body that are stressed that they can also have peace. And this is a practice with which we use. And this is coming up for me because of something that Rachel said. When Rachel talks about disempowering or empowering through whatever we've got going on, there is actually a way to breathe, to move energy to the point where I have no choice but to take my power back. So I have it to transform and use it as fuel for what is next. And I know that there are a ton of breathing, somatic related exercises out there. And that's also coming to mind for me in this moment of, well, it's more than what's between our ears. And can we accept it and embrace it and bring it in? Because the messier it is, the more real it is. And we actually have greatness with which to work. Wow. Okay. And you just blew my mind because yesterday <laughs> I could, I can tell you why. Yesterday I cleaned my office long overdue and I had two breathing CDs. Have to figure out how to play them because I can't really drive and do that. <laughs> but Mm-hmm. This is, it's taking control and directing your energy, right? It is. And you can see it. Think about a toddler who's teething. Anybody that has been around a toddler who's teething, and this is actually the take my power back thing that you practice when you really want to do this. What do they do? They walk around and their face is all squished up and they're almost pounding themselves around and they're moving and it's this concept. And as soon as you feel that in your own self, in in that self within, it's like, oh, something is tapping you on the shoulder that's saying, there's some power here with which to grab. Are you willing to do something different to access it? It's all about doing different. Yeah. I don't know if it's on your CDs, but there's a small example. (laughs) So, Alexander, what do you think? 
No, I, I love that, Justin. It just made me think of, I mean, there's just a little thing I always goes through my head. It's, it's where our energy flows. It's where our attention goes. And it's, uh, the more I think about it, the more it's, it's like when you get a new car. If you get a new car, you never see that car anywhere. And as soon as you get that new car, everyone has it because it's just what you're focusing on. And I think that's the interesting thing about storytelling and mindset is once you flip the switch and you start seeing it, it's amazing. It's so easy to see other people. You know, it's things that we maybe call excuses or the stories we tell ourselves. And they can really, I mean, I love, I mean, all the things we talked about is just kind of our power, our prison. Uh, it's really sometimes easier to see in other people. And then it's harder to reflect on ourselves and what are the stories that are holding us back? You know, I come from, a, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. And I just remember having like this mindset that it was like how much money you made. And if you made X amount of dollars, then you would be fulfilled or whatever it looked like. And then you get there and it's just, it's just a number. And we talked earlier when we were kind of setting up about job titles and how we sometimes chase these titles. And I can remember a situation where I was working for a hospital system and I was teaching programs in the health and wellness space. And I was applying to be an education manager. And I was so excited. I was like, I want to be this education manager. I put all this energy and focus into this thinking once I get this, then I'll be complete or then I'll be the person I want to be. And I finally got it. And I remember going through leadership training that was aligned with that job right after. And the program was all about how you don't want to be a manager. You want to be a leader. And here I am for the last six months wanting to become this manager. And then as soon as I was told you don't want to be that, like my identity was just kind of shattered for a bit. So it's really how we can kind of step back and just, I mean, in terms of job titles, don't let that define what you do. Cause if we ask people in any of our programs, what do you do? The first I'd say 99% of the time, someone will say their job title, but not deeper than that. And if we can kind of shift the mindset on that, it gives us the ability to kind of persevere better if we lose our job, if we lose that title. You know, and I think of it like my job title now is chief content officer, but I like to think of what I do is helping simplify complex research into ways that people can bring into their everyday lives so they can show up as their best more often. And that's something I can do regardless of my job title or where I am or what I'm doing. I, I love this digression. So I'm going to pose that question to Jess and Rachel, which is, so who are you, Rachel? How do you identify? So how do I identify? You know, I, I just, I'm me. <laughs> I mean, because that's because for me, that took me so long to get to that I am okay with being me and everything else is just something I do. I run a place, you know, all of what I do is related to living life from a loving place, not always a positive place, but from a place of self-love out, projected love out. Um to tie in what both Alexander and Jess were saying for me, it's, it, it's about aligning my energy. And I spent a year doing a blog that every day I went on to daily align with love, abundance of peace. And that is over fear, lack and separation because I, I did not, I was noticing what was happening when the stories that come from the energy of fear and the energy of lack and the energy of separation were doing to me because I was focusing on them too much because what we put our energy into, we get back. And then, you know, and part of that explanation of me is it's hard. It's hard for me now to want to define myself in any other way because one of the biggest things I learned was if I put my worth outside of myself, I become a prisoner of my mindset. I become a prisoner of my perspective. If I put my worth anywhere outside of myself, if I put it in a partner, in, in being a parent, in being an employee, in being a leader, like Alexander was saying, when that crashes and when something changes, I don't want to fall with it. <laughs> 
that anymore. I've fell with that one too many times and it freaking hurts. That's my PG verse 13 verse. <laughs> Love it. Um, you put your worth outside of yourself. You crash, you fall, mm-hmm. which is why we need that, that cushion of mindset of knowing who we are, what we do. Jess, do you have a quick who you are statement to share? Yeah, whatever I say right now will officially be out of date in the next moment. And that's the way that I show up in the world. As as curious as I am and whatever intentions I bring, ultimately it's around curiosity because there is something for me to learn, something for me to take away, and more importantly, a way for me to be of service that as soon as I decide who I am limits my ability to be of that service. Ooh. We're getting all deep now. I love, I love that. that. <laughs> I do too. I, I want to quickly give a shout out to Carolyn Howard Johnson, who's watching us live. Carolyn, great to see you. I love my Carolyn story. We met in person after being on. Now, I've known her, I think, 10, 15 years, but we became friends online first before we met in person. So I love that you're here uh, enjoying this conversation. And then John Chen popped in to call it the reticular activating system where we see only stuff that's important to us, which is we've got a lot of vivid nodding (laughs) on the panel. Um, This is great. So we need to be confident in who we are. We need to tell ourselves things that enrich us. So how do we fix people who don't do that? What do we need to do and how do we get that that healthy growth mindset. Let's call it that, shall we? Rachel. The thing is, is a person has to realize nobody else can fix them. They have to do the work themselves. I mean, that's the biggest thing. If you are not going to show up to do the work, nothing will change. And you see it every day in therapy and all these things, people will keep going out to these things and expecting other people to do the work for them. But if they don't go back and actually not just connect to it, but absorb it, absorb the work and start living it, it won't work. So For me, a a big thing that I'm doing right now is energy work. Uh, I've been working with energy psychology and uh, work with Donna Eden's uh, work where it's about aligning your energy and doing actual physical movements to connect the body, the mind, the, you know, that your energy system so that it helps because it all works together. And if you have to understand, you can't disconnect yourself. The body, the mind, the spirit all work as one. And the second you try to separate them, things you'll sabotage, you know, you're going to sabotage the more you uh, don't embrace the whole. When you disconnect the parts, it's sabotage. It's like not fixing one part of your car. The car's not going to work. Yeah. Well, and I just want to give a brief example real quick that I use um, weight loss because I see this all the time with people trying to lose weight. And if you are working against yourself by saying, I look horrible, I'm look, feel, you know, I'm, I don't like the way I'm look, I'm going to lose weight because I want to look better. And because if I lose weight, this is what's going to happen from what other people are going to see you as. That's expecting something outside of you to change the inside and it won't work. You self-sabotage what you're doing. If you come to it as a whole from a whole place of loving yourself enough to take care of your body one step at a time, whatever that looks like, the weight loss is actually more natural and you'll you'll be you'll be led to food that you are, is better for you. You will, you know what I mean? You'll be led to things that are better for you in that way, because that's where your mind is. It's on what you actually want, which is to be and live healthy. So I see a lot of self-sabotage there. That's why um, I brought that one up. (laughs) And I I think it's a great example. And the reason why, why I'm really like nodding (laughs) for those who are listening, I am nodding. Um, 
Because in Deb, it starts with determine your mission. You have to know what's the thing that's driving you so all the parts work together. So right? important. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Alexander, did you want to chime in here? Yeah, I mean, it's really... I mean, I, I think I'm hurting my neck from nodding so much because I think we're, I think, I mean, I don't think there's any challenging going on here, but it really is just I, I'm going back to how people kind of adopt that growth mindset. And I think like Rachel said, number one is they have to be willing to put in the work. And I think so often it's easy to see when other people are, you, you tend to see it in other people or yourself when you start blaming other people, other situations, your, your environment. And I mean, it's, it is like a light switch. Like once you start noticing it, it's amazing when you, you can start to tell like, well, this is me just being in my, you know, I'm going down my negative path. And we start to, you know, if we can start to pay attention to it, it's bringing that awareness. And we have something, an activity we do, like we have this concept of best self. So kind of like step one of finding our mission or purpose, Deborah. And the simplest way we think of this is, like what three words would you use to describe you at your best when you feel like everything's all your energy is flowing aligned. And for me, I mean, the words can change, but it's typically I'm optimistic, challenge engaged. And I'm optimistic in the sense that I'm having a realistic op outlook, uh, trying to find the best in situations. Uh, I'm challenged in the sense like I I'm always seeking growth and I'm engaged in the sense that whatever I'm doing in the moment, I'm focused on that. And we have p participants go through this to, just first identify what that starts to look like as their best. But then we start to look and say, what, like during times of high stress or low energy, when you're exhausted, you're tired, what's the first word to be compromised? And for me, it's like very quick. It's optimistic. Like it's the first thing I know that goes out the window. And by starting to identify this, I can know when I'm starting to kind of spiral down. It's bringing awareness to it. And the example I always use is it's, I travel a lot for work and, I love traveling, but the deboarding process of the plane is the most frustrating moment uh, in my day when I'm traveling. And I find myself going around traveling to teach programs on being your best, living a purpose-filled life. And as the land gear goes down, I start looking around, picking the people that I think are going to be the ones that barge forward. You know, we all know those people. Uh, but, and it's like, I catch myself. Like that's not being optimistic. It's not, being who I want to be. So I, I have kind of prompts in place. So once the landing gear goes down, I start listening to, I have a happy playlist. I'll, I'll do some breathing work. I'll start reminding myself, like telling myself a different story. Like it doesn't really matter. You know, change the story. If someone barges up, maybe they're late for a hospital visit, or maybe they have an emergency. And rather than going the negative route, like how can I reframe that? And it's amazing. Cause like, I mean, since we've been talking about energy, it's an energy drain when we're kind of spiraling down like this. It's amazing how much time and energy we spend kind of dwelling or, you know, putting ourselves as a victim at times. So I like having like having the identification and having like kind of a, the warning signs in place. So when I start to go, I have something to get me out of it to kind of course correct in the moment. Ooh, that's fun. That is such a useful exercise because I, I'm not a fan of stress. So I do avoid as much as humanly possible, right? So, but what do you do when you can't avoid it? If you can, you know, click the switch in your brain. So it's not a defense mechanism. It's a, I, I love, oh, okay. It's fine. Let him go first. And that way I don't have to deal with the stress of that. So. Yeah. And what we find is just so many of the stressors that we face on a regular basis are to some extent unavoidable. I mean, when I, you know, no matter where you live, I mean, we talked about it within the first five minutes of being on the call is traffic. You know, that's one thing that no matter where you are, mm -hmm. everyone claims they have the worst traffic. I don't want to get into the debate about that, but I mean, if traffic is your biggest stressor and you're going to, you know, you're going to face it in the morning and afternoon on your, if you're a commuter, like what are things you can do to kind of change that situation as opposed to getting worked up every single time you're in traffic? Exactly. Um, leave her. I know someone who used to do the workouts by the office because that way there was no rush hour 
traffic mm -hmm. going home. Mm -hmm. And there are, it's when you can see the problem, you can find the solutions and then it can change your whole mindset. So Jess, what is your take on what people could do to rewire when they well, need to? We, we just, let's look at what we're actually doing. And this is something that I catch myself doing fairly frequently now. And it was very difficult when I started this type of work and this type of exercise. And that is when we look at what we do, we can see what we're actually prioritizing. So to the point with which Rachel and Alexander were chatting about the, the different things that they were saying, it makes me think, oh, am I willing to do what it takes? And if my actions are putting time and energy away from what I'm saying I want, the answer is no, I don't have it. So that's a place I could spend some time. Or I could say, nope, not right now. Both are okay. And that's something I think we forget. We're supposed to go after these things. We're supposed to be doing these things. We're supposed to be growing. And I'm going to challenge that and say, sometimes we're just supposed to recognize we're not and be okay with it because the time will come. It means that we're supposed to grow in a different way, not that way. That's really what it means. And so when we recognize that going, and then I use values instead of mission. And my three values are grace, curiosity, and truth. And so in my action reflection, am I not getting what I want? How come? Oh, I'm prioritizing things. They tend to be out of alignment with the three values that I choose to act in to be my best self. And if I'm willing to do what it takes to get there, if I'm willing to make that commitment, then I can find the set of questions. Or if I'm not, then I can find the set of questions. Because in the end, for me, without a pause, without a reflection, without that moment to really anchor in what's going on, all I'm doing is reacting. And I would prefer to come from a place being driven and pulled toward being of service a pause is almost always necessary to go, well, how do I serve here? Is it actually witnessing? Is it just observing? Is it doing or being? You hit on something that I think is really important. Um, well, you all are. But most people, they're just running, like literally all the time. And when you are running all the time, what are you going to accomplish? A lot of running. A lot of running. <laughs> and it's okay if you want to run. It's okay if that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's not every, if you want to make changes, if you're running, you need to stop long enough. You need to pause to see what's next and what's and, meaningful for you and what's yeah, in alignment. Sometimes it's, the way we're choosing to live doesn't align with the way we think we're supposed to be. Hint, hint. I know everybody here has something to say about that. And so food for thought, whatever that trigger word is for you, all you're looking for is the gap because in the pause, that's where we see it. And we can make, we can make positive change for us in the moment, which may be no change. It could be a lot of change. One of the things that I talk about, you know, when you have your mission and motto and it, it drives you when you see opportunities, the first thing you say is, okay, is it in alignment with me? If yes, then yes. If no, then ask yourself, is it another benefit? And sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a not yet. So I really appreciate all the different elements that, that you're bringing together. And so your words are grace, reflection, and truth. Close. Grace, curious. Grace, curiosity. Curiosity, yep. Mm -hmm. And truth. And truth. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we've got optimistic, challenged, and engaged for Alexander. And Rachel, oh. what a, you know the question's coming. <laughs> oh, I would say connection, uh, acceptance, and awareness. Those are good. Because I like those. It, Why? Because they all go in. <laughs> they all go in. And I I can only be better if I'm focused on what is within me. 
and I am better serving others when I'm aligned. So it's that saying, you know, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. We have to take care of ourselves first. And, and when I'm aware and when I, that awareness and Jess brought up this great point of acceptance, accepting where we are when we're there and being okay with that. That's huge. I mean, that's like, people do not give that part enough credit. And I, I'm so grateful you brought that up because it is really easy to get caught in the doing. And, and I've been in this, you know, and just because we all work on this stuff doesn't mean we're perfect at it. And I, I always like to bring that up because some people put people who work in the fields of this stuff on pedestals and nobody belongs on a pedestal. We're all human living in human experience and learning from it. And, but I feel like the awareness and acceptance are so big in allowing ourselves to be ourselves and with acceptance accepting and loving it, you know, in getting to that place where we can love it. And through that is where I connect. So I have to have those two in order to connect. And, you know, I just wrote a piece today. What can I do now? Cause that's my series right now is what can I do now? And it was connect with others. It's having these kind of conversations. And, and I absolutely love it because it always lights me up. I get tingles, I get chills. And, and I love just being right here, right here, right now is all the only place I need to be. And that's why I love doing this show because I get to bring together awesome people to chat and then we let other people watch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And if you are, watching us live or the replay or listening, um, tell us your three words. What are the words that drive you? What do you go back to when you need to get centered? Because it really, it starts with you. It's a guiding light. Right? It is a guiding light. It is that. In, In my world, I would say that's the little red point of the compass that's always pointing north. So you know it your journey is going to take you in all kinds of directions. You're still oriented though, to be able to eventually get to where you want to go, even if it's backwards. And sometimes the backwards is what you need to do to move forward. Sometimes you need the space and the pause and the reassessment before you move forward. And sometimes we got to learn the hard lessons. You know, sometimes it's in those really hard, challenging times where we're brought to our knees (laughs) that breaks us open Like I always say it's the breakdown to break through because I used to think of it as a bottom. And now if I, I I go, okay, I'm going down. Okay. I'm about to have a big growth spurt here. (laughs) And so I could see the other side of it, but I know it's a necessary part of my journey to break open because something was blocking me and it's going to help hit that. Do you have an example you're comfortable sharing? Well, I'm always, I share everything. That's why I wrote the book. (laughs) But for me, it was, I hit such a bottom. I was in a very toxic relationship for 10 years. It took me of being in a very toxic relationship. And it was one argument where I just heard this inner voice say in me, this is not love. And it got me to break down, break open, redefine love and how I was seeing love. Cause I was confusing love with fear. I, I did not know the real definition of love. I was just lost in it. And I realized that my self abuse by the way I talk to myself, which is a huge part of mindset. If we're self abusing, we attract that to our lives. And I was doing that. And so I had to shift and change out of that because I had to figure out that if I didn't fix the way I talked to myself and showed myself love and respect, I wasn't going to get it in a relationship. And so that was like a huge breakdown to break through, which is what led me to do all the work that I do from a loving place. Amazing. And, and that is really your your motto, you know, mm-hmm. from that loving place. Yep. Alexander, yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think the other thing too is, I mean, you both kind of hit on it with saying that sometimes because we, you know, do this for a living and we talk about this all the time, that it, it comes easy. Like, I think the things that may look from the outside come easy is because of the hard work we do behind the scenes. But also knowing like with growth, like when you hit those, we'll call it valleys or low points, like it might be easy now to look back and be like, wow, that was an amazing opportunity for growth. But in the moment, it sucks. You know, like it's, it's not easy. It's like, and it's okay. And I think that's the other thing that just sometimes gets lost that, you know, in the moment, it's like, oh, I'm growing, I'm growing. But, you know, sometimes it's, those days are tough. Those weeks are tough. Those months are tough. Uh, I think sometimes just having that, uh, like Jess said, like that compass pulling, like that North star can help kind of weather the storm. Doesn't mean it's an easy storm to weather, but if you have that, you know, you know, it's, for a greater good, you know, it's going to get you to where you want to be can really kind of help. Cause there are those days you just want to stay in bed, not move, not get out. And, but like you said, sometimes doing nothing is what you need to do to move forward. Like taking that pause or that recovery from whatever it is that you're doing or going through. Sometimes doing nothing is what you need to do. Absolutely. Jess, did you want to add to this? <sighs> <laughs> you so many. There's so many things. Personally, just this it, last year, I actually was evaluating a product that we had just launched because it, I had given it a timetable and uh, we were coming up on the end of the timetable and it was either successful or it wasn't and it was going to go or it was not. Turns out that that kind of thinking was great up until the point with which it became clear that it wasn't where it needed to be, yet it was the right thing to be doing. And so with that thought, I had to come up with a better question and look around what we were doing and what we were offering and the way we were talking about things at Red Direction. And we purged so much that we had somehow had it was dangling out it was like an overgrown tree or an apple tree that nobody ever picked the apples from is really what it was like and so we spent the entire year evaluating and going through those things and and it made space for different results with this product that i had just said Boop, black or white here we go yes or no go no go all of that. And so when we're willing to bend our reality a little bit, it's important. And the only reason I was able to see it was because I was able to get out of my own way and recognize where I was not growing and hear those around me who had insight. And so to the point of the conversation, uh, uh, to the point of the conversation happening right now in a team, the way these guiding words could do nothing more than say, well, here's who I am and here's what it looks like, sounds like, and feels like when I am at work, when I am at my house with the people I live with, when I am in one or more of my communities, because the dynamics of everybody else also matter. And sometimes we can't meet people where they're at, but we can recognize they're not where we are and we can still navigate a good productive conversation for the benefit of more than just ourselves or that person when we're willing to take a chance. And so amongst, amongst all of this is when we know where we are, we can better hear other people who aren't where we are. And those are the voices that can give us the biggest change, the biggest opportunity, the biggest reflection, the biggest whatever you want it to be, to, to, to just see differently. Agreed. And, and so many people take that for granted. And, and I think Rachel is one with me on this, the whole writing everything down so you can see your reality is such, I, I know, like I, this, I feel like we're going to- Those gonna... of you listening, I'm going to just interrupt <laughs> right here and say, look, these are my notes just from the conversation that we've had so far today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> yes. yes, let's all let's all raise our notebooks on the count of three. <laughs> the, there's- in in my methodology, there's so much writing because you can't get out of your head. You can't, you need to get out of your head in order to figure things out. And you also need to know where you're coming from in order for other conversations to be productive. 
And I also, I like the little curvy U-turn because we're talking a lot about mindset for the benefit of who we are as people. But I like that you brought in the professional realm as well. Mindset isn't just, I'm going to sound, I know, it's not all touchy feely California things, right? I love California. I'm an Angelino. I can say this. But it's mindset is, it's everything because your personal life impacts your professional life. Your professional life impacts your personal life. But what are other ways that we can use mindset when working as a team or in an office? Alexander? I'm first, huh? Uh, yeah, you can I'm be just, first. Well, actually, I mean, Jess was first. That makes you second. Okay, okay. Second, I can, it's so much easier. Less pressure. The story I'm telling myself is there's a lot of pressure going first. Uh, I think a lot goes back to, and just it's been something I've wanted to kind of say all night, and also just the fact that, like, we have our own stories, but there's also stories that we tell ourselves about society, about life, about who we need to be. And I think that was one that you have to understand that when you're on a team, everyone has these different stories. And for me, I don't know where they came from. I mean, they may have come from my my parents, my teachers, my upbringing, whatever it looks like. But I just had this mindset from an early age. I was supposed to graduate, go to college, then get a job, start saving for retirement, have a family or get married, have a family. Like there was like this checklist. And I remember just being so fixed on this that when things didn't go my way, it was like a crisis. And I remember like I, I transferred around my undergrad and graduated two years late by you know, whatever norms I'm paying attention to. So I was 24 when I graduated. And I remember just having this dissonance that I was two years behind, two years behind on my retirement on this. Uh, and it, it took my almost throughout my 20s to kind of break away from that and understand that like, it doesn't have to be a perfect, like, we don't have to have this thing figured out. And Jess, I love go. I keep going back. I've written it down several times, just being curious, curious and bringing curiosity to the table and just understanding that like our lives are dynamic. Uh, but when we work as a team, we've all had different experiences, different stories that have led to our beliefs, that have led to our identities. So we all might see things from a different perspective, which going back to just once again is why it's so important to listen, because we all have different perspectives and that can really help. And I think that's the biggest thing I try to do is just, even if I think I know the answer, like bite my tongue and listen. Until it hurts sometimes, I know. Yeah, it's all sometimes, uh, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. There's sometimes I, that I'll, I'll speak up to that one. You, that's such a great, that, that, that is such a great addition. Thanks. Oh, I, and I'm going through thinking because in high school, you do the family living class where you're supposed to map out your life. Mine is nothing like that path. But if it was, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be able, you know, we're, we're all on the planet for a purpose. Some of us are a little bit more aware that we have purpose than others. I feel like I'm one of those people, but we're here to do great things. We're here to make our lives better and to improve the lives of others around us, which is why we were, we, the four of us and a lot of people who come on this show, we're here to help. And that's, it's a gift. And it's okay that we have the detours because if we didn't have the detours, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. We all win. So Rachel. (laughs) So speaking of that, because this is kind of leads into it, uh, talking about detours. So right out of high school, won awards, got scholarships, wanted to go to this special program, only accepted a hundred people a year. And I didn't have the money to go. So I was devastated. And instead of sitting in that, I was like, okay, well, what do I really want to do? And for me, I love traveling. I love doing that and, and helping people. And at the time I was very good at retail. And so I crafted a position for myself. I started in a customer service on a phone and then I crafted this position for myself, seeing that the industry that I was in didn't teach people how to actively sell the products in their, it was indoor tanning salons. They weren't showing them how to translate that into retail sales and how to build the team 
to work together for that. So I literally crafted a position out of nothing and became the sales trainer for the entire industry <laughs> from that. So I would travel all over the U.S. and Canada in all my 20s and would go into these salons and be able to look at the salon and see what the breakdowns were. And one of the things I notice when it comes to working with teams is one, the feeling that somebody has to be right, like that feeling of having to be right instead of seeing things as perspectives. And that's one of the things I would always try to bring in. It's, it's, it's a perspective. We're just seeing other people's perspectives because that way it opens the floor up a little bit more for more communication so people can get their opinions and their things in and then look at them all together without feeling like they're going to be cut off. Then the other thing that uh, I, I noticed with, with working with the teams is, you know, it's really important to ask more questions when you have a judgment running through your mind, <laughs> you know, because it's so easy. Like we, they were saying, it's like it's easy because we're all coming from different places to just judge that we know something that we don't know. So asking questions and trying to find out why the, they believe the way they do so that we can find a solution or a a compromise in that um, if people aren't feeling seen and heard, that's going to be a problem in a team. That's going to create the team dynamic to go down because once that energy's in there that people can't feel seen and heard, that energy spreads. So it's about giving the voice to the people so and lifting up, communicating, and um really trying to work with a mindset that has that common goal. What's your common goal and, and work to lift that up and make sure that people are contributing to that. And if they're not, it's managers, you know, leaders decision to say, how do they lift them up or do they belong in this team? You know, and it's not about them being a bad person. It just, do they fit the team? And community, yes, and communication, that's like, <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. It, it is when you've got communication skills, when you're able to listen and hear and talk and articulate, then the world is yours. Yeah. And that's if this, that, and even with sales, like being in sales, I wanted to know what people were wanting. If someone's going to a tanning salon, they're not going to look like Magna for from there's something about Mary. You know what I mean? They're not going to look all dried out. They're looking because they want to look better. So they have to take care of their skin. You're selling things for their skin. You know, it's like making those connections with people to help them. It's about helping each other, helping the customer, helping, but knowing that bigger goal of, whatever your, your goal of your company is to all figure out your own, what do you, what makes you good at this? And it's about also knowing who your, um, who your brainstormers are, who your completers are, who your finishers are and, and using their skills that people have and listening is what gets us to know what people's best skills are. So that's also a really important thing to know is like helping people find those and highlight them. And so bringing it back to mindset, when you know who you are, what drives you, your words, what triggers you, what you need to stay away from, what your gifts are. These are all things that you bring to bigger conversations, to teams, to work, to your clients, to make the world a better place. The end. See, I'm all about goal setting simplified. So I like wrapping things up in a nice little bow, <laughs> but it, it's all the things, but it's mostly just be knowing who you are and being the best version as much of the time as you can. That being said, transition, transition, transition. What I would love now is for all of you to gift a goal to the audience, something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to really I don't want to say fix their mindset, but to really help them gain the mindset that they need to move forward in whatever it is. So yeah, that was much better than the, <laughs> than the other path. 
Uh, Jess, can we start with you? Do you have sure. a goal to gift? I know you uh, do. There are so many things I want to share. I'm going to go back to where I started, which was the definition of stoicism at the beginning, or a definition from the view of this person right here out to the world in our conversation. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday and the dailystoic.com. And so one of the things that I have learned and I care very much about considering is the four virtues of stoicism, which are courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. And when I think of those and I think about the conversation today, it makes me realize all of us here were taking notes. So my goal, get my gift of a goal today would be, Will you sit down and write three sentences about something bigger than yourself and how you fit in that today? Can you look in, in the way of, did I have the courage I needed? Did I have the temperance that I could have had? Am I bringing whatever I need to be bringing to this so that I can be myself without taking over, interfering, influencing all of that wonderful goodness that we're really great at as humans. And the reason, um, and, and then I'll leave you with this because it's actually a quote uh, about taking the view from above. And when we journal and we think about all the pieces that are coming together, we can simultaneously see how small we are in the grand scheme of things and how important the actions we choose to take and how we show up are. So journal it, people. Journal it. Whatever journaling is a bonus goal, I'm a fan. So to write three sentences about something bigger than yourself and see how you fit into that world, is that? Uh, that something's going on and see all of the parts that are coming into play that makes you so small and uh -huh. the way that in your smallness you can actually make an impact and be of the highest good. Love it. Maybe okay. three sentences of each. I'm, we might have, I don't know if you could do all of that in three sentences, but hey, that'd be a cool challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we also all know the thing. As you're saying this, I'm going to guess that most of the people listening are like, oh, they know the thing. Mm hmm. So mm -hmm. I like that so much. Thank you. Rachel, what is your goal? I'm going to add to the writing. <laughs> I was or thinking doing, But just simply by looking at what can I do right now? Not in five minutes. What can I do right now? Is it, can I go on YouTube and look up an energy work video? Is it, can I write out what Jess just said. Is it that I can meditate? Is it looking at the way I'm talking to myself and just being aware of how I'm talking to myself? Whatever it is, do it right now. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate it, but do something. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be if you want to live healthier, Go eat something healthy right now, not forever, just right now. And that, and that sets a momentum. And that's what mindset's about is building on the momentum of the energy that we're starting to contribute. So if you can look at those things to do right now, you can write that journal right now. And I have a feeling with whatever Alexander says, you're going to be able to do that too. <laughs> so it's about taking something and just connecting to it and doing it now. Don't wait. <laughs> Amazing. And Alexander, how are you going to add to this? Because <laughs> Rachel teed you up beautifully. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so I want to think future, not right now, but what you can, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just trying to think about how, I think we've almost programmed into this like light switch mentality, like yes, no, right, wrong, pass, fail, good, bad. And I like the analogy of a dial. You know, if you're looking to make progress, like what's a 10 look like? What's a zero look like? And how can we just be a one? You know, if I'm trying to move more throughout the day, you know, a 10 might be I'm walking three miles, five miles a day or three or five miles a day. Maybe a one is just parking further away and just doing a little bit. I think so often we have these days that are, you know, or nutrition is an easy one too. It's like, well, I had a bad meal, so I was bad. You know, I've, and I think of like, what can, what's the smallest thing you can do to kind of have a win? 
You know, if I'm going and having a burger, fries, and beer, maybe the win for that day is just leaving three fries on the plate. It's not major, but it's something. And it's just helping us kind of move forward. And I think Jess and Rachel both said, like, what are the small steps we can do to continue to move forward? And I think of it with in terms of mindset, like how often do we let a bad five minutes kind of dictate and drive the rest of our day? So maybe just ask yourself in the moment, Rachel, am I having a bad am I having a bad day or am I letting a bad five minutes kind of control how I view the rest of my day? First of all, I love how leaving three French fries on the table is a win. Food always ends up in these conversations somehow. And I think that's just the, the perfect way to fit it in. It can be so little. Um, I, I talk about keeping a win journal a lot. And I was talking to a client today and I'm like, are you writing down a win a day or one to three wins a day? And she said, I'm doing one. I said, one is great. Let's do two. Or some days you could do three and then you can get away with one. But finding those little wins, they they make up big wins. And that's what motivates you to keep moving forward. And in terms of mindset, what the entire conversation is about is what can you do? What is What do you need to do to be self-aware to see where your triggers are, what you need to do to alter the switch, the dial? into your life. So, oh, this is such a great conversation. I'm really sorry that it's, um, (laughs) that we're wrapping up. But before we wrap, will you friends please share where people can find you? Alexander, where's the best way for people to? Yeah, right now I think like LinkedIn or Instagram are my two. So if you just find Alexander Chris, they're both there. Uh, And also our company, Impact Human Performance is there as well. So LinkedIn, Instagram, our website. And if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you can get the recap and some of the, the quick hits from the conversation. Uh, from the conversation. And also get the links to where you can find these amazing people. And Jess, where can people find you? Go out in the world and search reddirection.com. You can also tap into our podcast anywhere that you listen and just search for the bold business podcast. Awesome. And Rachel, where can people learn more about you? You can always find me at from a loving place. So from a loving place, Facebook, from a loving place, Instagram, from a loving place, uh, com, <laughs> and on the from a loving place with author Rachel Wolf podcast. And then I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. <laughs> And I am, I love the branding. I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And I will have everybody's LinkedIn links in the show notes as well. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, I would love to leave everybody with a final thought. So, and yes, Alexander, you get to go first this time. What final thought would you like to leave everybody with? Yeah, I think just no step is too small. Like as long as you're, even if you're just reflecting, like it doesn't mean you're moving forward, but sometimes just acknowledging can be the first step. I think we get caught up just trying to, oh, we're not, like I think just Rachel said it, like sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to constantly be growing, constantly being our best self. Like at the end of the day, it's just, we're just striving to be a little bit better each day. And some days are going to be maybe a 10, maybe some days will be a one. So just find those small wins. It's the dial. It's not the switch. Love it. Rachel, what final thought do you have? Trust wherever you are. Trust that if you are watching this here and you're listening to it and you're getting stuff out of it, that's exactly what, where, where you're meant to be. It's trusting the process because everything that we absorb is a step. So trusting that, that shift, allow the shift. Awesome. And Jess, final thought? Don't forget to pause. That stop piece is incredibly important, even if it's a microsecond before we continue a conversation, even if it's before we hit the join button virtually, even if it's before we get out of the car. Some of us, it's when we get in the car, wherever the pauses happen, take them and 
the more pauses you take, the more time you actually get. Ooh, there's that math again. <laughs> I know. About, right? Sometimes exactly math right. is your friend. And it is when it comes to pausing, hitting the dial, and maybe counting to 10, trying to put everything together, right? Um, thank you so much, Dr. Alexander Christ and Jess Jewell and Rachel Wolf for this wonderful conversation on mindset. And whether you're listening or watching live or the replay or listening, thank you for choosing yourself in mindset. This has been um, so much fun. I feel like really good energy. This is what I love about these conversations. So if you're thinking about what it is you can do for your mindset, you now have mindset goals. So go on out there, go for it. And we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn follow at the Deb Method on social media and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals and remember you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.